8 o'clock. Jim and the Buckeye Boy from the Bozart Miller Chevrolet Buick Studios, the most trusted name in automobiles. It is a wine about a Wednesday with Talon Wine. It's a chance to air your grievances. Like for me, the construction work they've been doing on Redlands Parkway. And it's, it's not like you just have to wait there for just a few minutes. It's You're there for a while. Yeah, you could probably read War and Peace, do Wordle for, for an hour or two. You could, you could kick back. You could probably uh, build a ship in a bottle by the time they roll traffic through. Do that 12,000-piece puzzle. Absolutely. Yeah. You could do that. I know you're a big puzzle guy. Yeah, so do it could, in the bed of your truck. You could do that. Have plenty of room. Sure. Why not? So if you got something to complain about today from your daily life or the world of sports, like, for example, the Yankees resign Aaron Judge. Okay. But then we mentioned the the Rockies. (laughs) The Rockies continue to just move the deck chairs on the Titanic with um, Blockbuster. Blockbuster moves Mm -hmm. like this one. Chad Smith to Oakland for Jeff Criswell. I've already forgotten his name. They're both right-handed pitchers, by the way, if you're curious the heck they are my guardian signed josh bell that's a good get. A two-year deal yeah it's a good get i like josh bell i love josh bell yeah, i think it's a good get for you like but dude. i look forward to his 180 strikeouts this year but also maybe 30 home runs some big flies from that guy yeah of course the big story this morning when everybody thought aaron judge was going to the giants nine-year three hundred sixty million dollar extension with the team he currently is employed by, the New York Yankees. Or was employed by, and will continue to be employed by them. All right, so if you got some thoughts today, I'm sure you got something to complain about with the Broncos, right? Come on, there's got to be something there. I know there is. It's not really new. There's nothing really it's, new It's just to the same about. stuff. It's just the same yeah. thing. Nine times in 13 weeks, it's the same stuff. Well, now I now the part of the problem, according to one article, because we're just digging for stuff, yeah. is, the, is Jay Keeps... Russ's personal quarterback coach that he's creating issues according to some that that he's telling Russ certain things that the coaching staff is going to guess what they're saying I saw this yesterday I'm okay. going okay we're, we're digging here we're digging Russ's new house has more bathrooms <clears throat> than touchdown passes so I really think that is the old uh the old quarterback yeah, coach I'm but this is personal guy. This is not... Well, that's what I mean. Yeah, I don't think this is... Yeah. Does he really have that much effect on the game plan? I don't... Is he the reason they're calling run plays on third and nine? I don't think so. If anything, he'd want Russ to have the ball, right? Right. This is not Alex look, Guerrero. Look at the work that I'm doing with this yeah. guy. Look Look at that throw. Look at that Look at that footwork. Right. Look at that anticipation. Oh, okay. All right, it's time to talk some Montrose Redhawks basketball with head coach Steve Skiff. Talking Montrose Redhawks basketball on the team. And our conversation with Steve Skiff brought to you by the Rick Nelson Agency and American Family Insurance. For a free comparison, call this team of licensed professionals at 970-241-0078. Steve Skiff joins us. Good morning, Steve. How are you? Good morning. How are you guys doing today? Uh, doing well. Always a pleasure to chat with you about your basketball team and, and off to a good start, 2-1 uh, and one, uh, to start out the campaign this year. Opened up with that uh, that loss to, to Rocky Mountain uh, on a 55-30 th- loss for your basketball team in that one, but uh, took care of Pagosa Springs. And then there's that Highway 50 battle with Delta, and Cal Crowder's team uh, is a really, really good basketball team, so you knew you are going to face a tough one in that one, and they had your number last year. You get the 49-43 victory in, in that one. And so um, for your basketball team, it's it's been a good start. And I know that uh, my colleague, the Buckeye boy, has been just gushing about uh, your freshman that's had a great start. And, uh, you know, she's certainly uh, been playing well, really, really, really well. And then, of course, is Macy Oberg, who's averaging nine points per game for your basketball team. Yeah, you know, um, 
Macy's been doing a great job coming in as a freshman, and actually we have two freshmen this year, Macy and Maggie Leg. And um, we're excited to have them in the program. And and you know they've already made a huge difference, and I think that was evident over the weekend. You know, uh, the Rocky Mountain game on Thursday was um, a little baptism by fire for those those two. Um, you know, I think they had a lot of deer in the headlight looks that game, but uh, we settled down for the weekend and got two really good wins over. Pagosa and Delta is always a tough one for us. And, uh, yeah, the, the two freshmen, Macy and Maggie, are really contributing early on. And it continues that uh, that tradition, those families, right? Ashton Oberg, Macy's brother, uh, Jake Legg, yeah. uh, you know, of course, the, the older brother uh, of your freshmen. So that's, it's kind of nice when you have that the, those family names that you hear year in and year out in this, in this situation, contributing both in, in the boys and the girls play. Yeah, absolutely, it is, and it's uh, great families, and, you know, I think the girls really came in and they work hard. You know, they work hard, they want to get better every day in practice, and, and uh, it shows them when we get to game time. They're um, they're playing, you know, not to say they don't make mistakes as freshmen, but they're definitely um, have a lot of basketball knowledge that, that, that to our team. Steve Skiff, the coach of the Montrose girls basketball team with us, and uh uh, Tegan Rocco is uh, currently third in your team in scoring at over seven points per game. She was a player that uh, got some minutes last year for your team. Uh, kind of tell us, Steve, a little bit how how she's progressed from last season to this season. Yeah, Tegan's a kid just going to go play hard for thirty two minutes. You know, we we put a lot on Tegan's plate defensively. Um, she's usually guarding the, the other team's best player, and you know, offensively, she's just really good around the basket. She can drive drive and get shots around the basket but uh, i think this year one thing she's really improved on is her jump shot a little bit and so that's making her a little bit more of a a, a two-way threat for, for us this year steve skiff coach of the montrose red Hawks girls basketball team with us off to a uh, two-in-one start and coming up uh, tomorrow it's uh, the glenwood demon invitational we'll take on coleridge we'll talk more about that uh matchup in a moment steve but for you, uh, you mentioned you the two freshmen that are playing a lot of minutes for you, but who's the player that maybe has surprised you the most that uh, is getting more minutes than you thought that that player might when you look back to, to open gyms and, uh, and of course, to, to your camps that you had this summer? Yeah, you know, it's not really a player. I mean, it's a player we knew we were going to count on. Oh, yeah, I would say Briar Moss has really been a big catalyst for us this year starting out. I mean, she's a senior for a senior captain. Um, and Briar is kind of the glue to our team. She really is. She um, does a lot of good stuff. You know, she shoots the ball. She's probably our best outside shooter. Um, but the little things, you know, offensive rebounds, she's a good offensive rebounder, good defender. And, again, when you have young kids in your program, you need that senior leader who's going to kind of galvanize everyone and bring everyone together. So she does a really good job with that. Um and I'm just real happy with our rotation. You know, we have Heather Power coming back. We have Kinsey Bush who comes off the bench and gives us energy. So it's it's a really good group, and and we have a solid eight-person rotation that we use. Steve Skiff, coach of the Montrose Red Ox girls basketball team with us on the Team Sports Network. I mentioned you open up play at the Glenwood Tournament uh, coming up tomorrow. It's Coleridge. They're off to a 3-0 and start. Uh, give us a little scouting report, Steve, of this uh, Coleridge Titans girls team. Yeah, you know, Coleridge is pretty um, aggressive. You know, they're going to come out, they're going to press, they're going to play 1-3-1 zone, which we, we don't see a lot, so that's going to give us some troubles. And, uh, you know, they shoot the three-pointer extremely well. So we're defensively we're going to have to make sure that we get out on the perimeter and, and um, guard that. But it's going to be a good matchup for us. Glenwood Tournament's always full of good competition, so we're excited to to make the trip up there and, and uh, play some good teams this weekend. When you look at the league this year, uh, Fruitland Monument, of course, it's always it seems like it comes down to now the last few years, you, Fruitland Monument, and Central. And Fruitland Monument's off to a good start. We just talked to their coach, Jeff Johnson, a few minutes ago. Uh, Mary Doan is, is now the, you know, as far as here in the Valley, the the, the dean of girls basketball coaches with yeah. San Provenza, uh, retiring after last season. Central's off to a really good start. Of course, had a, uh, a, a sensational season the last two years. I mean, it's the league looks like it's going to be tough again. And I know uh, Sydney Brandon, we spoke with her this morning. Grand Junction's going to be more competitive than they've been. So the league will, will be tough once again to to try to, to get up there to the top of the Southwestern League Mountain. Yeah, it's going to be, even though, you know, change happens and, and new coaches, you know, come in, there's that those 
rivalry still in the Southwestern League, and I think that's what makes the league great. And, and you know, Central, I, I think this year is, you know, really hitting on all cylinders. I haven't gotten to see him play, but just looking at scores and different things like that, Coach Stone is doing a great job with, with them. We got to see them a little bit this summer, and, and uh, they're going to be a tough matchup, and Fruit is always going to be tough. And uh, I know Sydney and Grand Junction is going to have those girls playing playing really well this year. So the league is going to be tough. We're going to be challenged, and uh, you know it's it's it. We wouldn't want it any other way. So we're excited for it. Well, Steve, we appreciate the time. Good luck against Coleridge tomorrow at the Glenwood uh, Demon Invitational. And just a reminder to folks that uh, after the first of the year. Over on the Monkey, where we brought you uh, Montrose and Delta football this season, we will have Montrose and Delta basketball, our Highway 50 game of the week for the boys and the girls. And uh, Mark Cantor will have, of course, your Delta games. And uh, Larry Newland, Pat Hooley will have uh, your Montrose Red Hawks games. And we'll have that after the first of the year with uh, 97.1 for Delta, 93.5 in Montrose to follow the Montrose and Delta basketball teams over on the monkey hey steve i appreciate it thank you so much and once again good luck tomorrow all right thank you i appreciate it all right take care steve skiff coach of the montrose red hawks girls basketball team all right we're gonna have our uh, locker room prep pop quiz coming up in a little bit also we'll talk with uh, cody rourke from mile high sports uh, of course you can catch him afternoons on mile high sports read his work at the mile high sports website uh, covers the broncos and so we'll talk with him as uh, denver gets ready for Kansas City trying to snap what the 13 game losing streak now to the Chiefs. I, I believe. believe it's an even 14. Is it even 14 now? It's 14. Yeah, I believe yeah, I, I think believe the last correct. quarterback to beat the Chiefs was John Elway. That's that's a lie. No, I would it'd be PFM. That's, that's funny though. At least for I mean not being a Broncos fan, it's humorous for yeah. Broncos fans, I'm sure that's not a great joke to roll out there that's no it's, uh let's see the last time the broncos beat the chiefs was september of 2015 so that's uh one two three four five six seven eight nine ten eleven twelve thirteen it is 13 it's 13 okay i thought it was 13 yeah but i trust your knowledge st- stupidly on my part that yeah, you hey be- I wasn't. I didn't say it was like uh, you know. I think it's twenty, no, just, or it's only nine. I, I mean, it's we're 50. one off. It feels like fifty. Yeah. It feels like a fifty-game losing streak. Mm-hmm. And it's it's never good when you look at an article, and they go Chiefs Broncos preview. KC gets second bye week. Oh, oh, and that's on the Broncos website. Sing. That's on the that's on Mile High Report. Oh, those bloggers though. Oh yeah, I know they're. They're a shifty group, you know. But it does kind of feel like that, doesn't it? That it's kind of like a bye week for the Chiefs. Yeah. The, the Bronco defense will give them a chance because that's that's what they've done this year. They will give they'll battle. They'll yeah. give them a chance. Casey, I don't I don't think will mm-hmm. will just blow them off the field. But but Casey's going to win because Denver can't score. Denver their 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 offense can't protect their defense. Right. So, the all-time series, the Broncos pulled to within one with like seven or eight in a row under Manning at 56-55 all-time Chiefs. Now it's 69-55. Oh. Thanks to Ugh. Alex Thanks. Smith, Patrick Mahomes, Joe Montana. It's going all the way back. What? <laughs> going back a day or two. Yeah. Uh, Vegas has the Chiefs at nine and a half. Yeah, they have them at nine point favorite of so, this one i always i love point spreads because it tells you a lot you get three points essentially for being at home they're favoring the chiefs to win by two touchdowns yeah. in denver and De- yeah on the road yeah in denver but you give them three points so it's down to nine and a half with the over under at 43 uh, so they they expect the broncos to get to 16 points because that's all the farther they can get i don't even know if they're going to get there well, no, they can't. History has shown us, at least this season, no, they can't. Right. That's just a struggle to get a touchdown and three field goals. I mean, they get the three field goals, no problem. But it's the touchdown that just seems elusive. This feels, I'll tell you this, this feels like a game that either somehow the Broncos accidentally win, which 
is not out of the realm of possibility we with their defense. Was, which we thought was going to happen in Baltimore. Right. Because it, it almost did. It, it almost did. It's either a game they accidentally win or the Chiefs hit the over-under of 43 alone. It's going to be one of those two games. I don't expect it to be like, you know, 30-17 to 17 or something like that. It's either going to be just a route or the Broncos might win this game. I, I don't know how to feel about this game. I just don't. I think, once again, it, it'll be a case where, where Denver, because of their defense mm-hmm. against the, the top offense in the league, will we'll hang in there. We'll, we'll give them an opportunity. Yeah. But the offense just can't, can't get it done. And and it just seems, even though they've they've made the change in play caller, that it's not really been that much of a change. The completion percentage for Russ has improved, but the yards <laughs> the yards per play has, has actually gone down. Mm-hmm. So I mean, it's it's one of those things where I I just you know Clay Kubiak is I, I think tried his best. You know they came out and a lot of thirteen personnel, three tight ends. Mm-hmm. They they really tried to run the football against Baltimore. Did he take over prior to the Raiders game, right? Yes, he did. So you're at just under 12 points per game and just under 280 yards of total offense under Clint Kubiak. That's that's not better. That's worse. It it, it they've scored they're scoring less points now. They're scoring less points and getting fewer yards. Uh, the only thing that's gotten better has been Russ's completion percentage. That's it. I mean, that's only that's the only thing that, that's like the big number that's gotten better, and that's that's not good enough. It's it's not. I mean, that's the the point is to score more points with this offense, which is the the worst scoring offense in the league. They've regressed by fifty yards per game on average. They were at north of three twenty five before Clint Kubiak. Now with Clint Kubiak, they're at 279. So 48 yards. Call it 50 yards. Points per game are not any better or worse. They're at, you know, 12, 11 and change. But, yeah, his completion percentage has gotten better. That's great. You're punting less. You're still losing. You're still terrible on third down. Russell Wilson lost to Tyler Huntley. Essentially. Yeah. Lost to a backup. Good backup, but you sh- you shouldn't be losing if you're Russell Wilson in this offense. You should not be losing to that team without Lamar Jackson. Mm-hmm. And, look, I, I understand some of the detractors for the defense, but once again, and they shouldn't have given up a 91-yard drive to Tyler Huntley, okay? Mm-hmm. But your offense scored nine points. Your offense has to help out your defense, has to give them a break, have to control the ball, time of possession, have to find the end. They need to got to find the end zone. Yeah, I, I just at some point, I you know I, I hate this out. Well, it's the the defense is letting them down. The defense have they been perfect? No, they're not perfect, but they continue to be. You know, when you look at the defensive numbers, they're third in total defense. 19th against the run, third against the pass. They're second in scoring defense. They're giving up 17 points per Mm -hmm. game. That is good enough for this team to be an eight or a nine-win football team. They've won the turnover battle three times this season, and this is the first game they lost. They turned over the Niners three times, didn't turn the ball over at all. Yardage was almost even. They won 11-10. They turned over the Jaguars twice, and outgained the Jags, and they won that game, but that wasn't even on this continent. They turned over the Ravens twice, didn't turn the ball over, were outgained by 13 total yards and lost. That's not on the defense. No, yeah, have they had the overtime against the Raiders? Patrick Sertan, Devontae Adams, did he give up a touchdown? Yes, Mm -hmm. but once again, your offense isn't helping. They're not scoring touchdowns. They're not putting drives together. I, I'm just—I'm not sure where, when people say, "Well, you know, let's let the let the defense off the hook here." The margin for error is so paper thin. Mm-hmm. 
If the defense can't go out every week and pitch a shutout, the offense has to help them. It's the worst offense in the league in scoring offense at 13.8 points per game. But that's now starting to become this little narrative, though, right? You yeah. see it. Oh, the defense is letting them down. Defense isn't that good. They're giving up <laughs> 17 points per game. Defense. That's second in scoring defense. What more can you ask them to do? From week five, the defense allowed 12 points. You lost. 16 points. You lost. Yeah. 17 points. You lost. 10 points. You lost. I mean, outside of pitching a shutout, and somehow you would still lose that game because you would allow a safety. How how would you want them to play better? They gave up. Well, Patrick Sutan did the touchdown to Adams in overtime. He's had but, seven subpar quarters yeah. since the start of November. But but once again, we get it gets back to in this. Well, he gave up a 91-yard drive. Yeah, and if the offense scores a touchdown instead of one of those field goals, mm-hmm. they win that football game. Ugh. And, and my thought is, okay, so are you trying to defend Russ here in the yes. offense? Well, it's come on, people, come on. I like Russ. I'm not. I'm not a Russell Wilson hater, obviously. But but stop this narrative now. The defense is letting them down. The offense has let them down pretty much ever since. Well, week week two, mm-hmm. week one, the offense played well enough to win. Shouldn't have fumbled it twice inside the five. That game, they win that game. I don't know what happens. I don't know how the season looks. Maybe the season looks different. I don't know. Or maybe that would have been just that got us really excited. Giddy, hey, they went on the road at Seattle. Russ gets his air quote revenge, blah, blah, blah. It would be uh, the Vic Fangio. Hey, started 3-0. and Look yeah. at this. A couple things. Uh, the, the course, mentioned the Broncos are a nine-point dog. Not the biggest spread. Biggest spread, Cowboys-Texans. Did you see the spread on this? <laughs> 17. No. Biggest spread of the season. That's an easy cover for them boys, I believe. Yeah. All right. What's yeah. the over-under? You have a gambling problem. 45. I, the Cowboys I, can get that by themselves. I think they'll, they'll, yeah, they'll be able to get 45 just on their own. Oh, yeah. All right, 822. Uh, also, Jalen Hurts named your NFC Offensive Player of the Week. What a shock. Shocking. There. Uh, we'll play uh, the the locker room prep pop quiz coming up a little bit. Uh, we'll take a break. Coming up next, Mile High Sports Radio's Cody Rourke will join us. Talk Broncos. That's on the way on the Team Sports Network. Good morning, gentlemen. What are the haps? The Jim Davis Show on Colorado's sports leader, the Team. Talking Broncos with Mile High Sports Cody Rourke on the Jim Davis Show. Joining us on the Chick-fil-A Breakfast Team phone line, Cody Rourke. Cody, how you feeling, man? You doing better than last week? Yeah, you know, I'm still trying to get my voice back, but, uh, you know, we're making progress here. Pipes still sound good, man. They do. The pipes don't <laughs> sound like there's a whole lot of rust there. Sound good. Oh, there we go, then. That's reassuring. Yeah, we're uh, we're on the mend here, and obviously I'm excited because today will be my first day back out in Dove Valley for practice. I missed it last week, so, uh, yeah, I'm excited. So, um, the losing continues. Broncos can only score nine points at Baltimore game where the, the defense wants to, Everybody's like, oh, the defense let him down. He gave up a 91-yard drive to Tyler Huntley, but they only scored nine bleeping points. And and no Lamar Jackson either in that game. And so, uh, well, for the majority of the game, shouldn't say not in the game at all, but uh, left with the knee injury early on. I, I guess just, you, it seems to be like this growing narrative out there in Broncos country, uh, Cody, about about how the defense is now. The defense isn't playing that great. They're not that good. Take me through this because, yeah, they've given up some plays over time. Pat Sertan to Devontae Adams, the drive on Sunday. But if the offense does their job, the defense is not in those positions in either one of those circumstances. Oh, exactly, right? I mean, Jim, here's the thing. The, The Broncos' defense had three sacks on Ravens' quarterbacks. They had two interceptions, and they held them to 10 points. Like, what more do people want the Broncos defense to do? I mean, I think the common response, because I even put this out there on Twitter, people are like, score. Like, at this point, like, the Broncos defense has to score, I think, in order for them to have a chance to win a game at this point. Um, But, yeah, it's just like, yeah, I think a lot of people, you know, are combining their frustration with the end result. And, 
you know, it's easy to blame the defense, but the reality is it's the offense. The offense is the issue. The defense did their job. They held, I mean, a, a Ravens offense. Now, granted, look, when Lamar Jackson was in there, Lamar wasn't doing much. And then he gets sacked and he hurts his knee, obviously, you know, and that brings in Tyler Huntley. Denver did their job defensively the entire game. And, you know, granted, you want them to get a couple of stops. I was not a fan of the, the two penalties that were called. I thought that the call on Alex Singleton was very ticky-tack, and I thought that the, the pass interference on Patrick Sertan, I didn't like that call either. But, you know, it is what it is. You know, ideally, yeah, defensively, you've got to get some stops down the stretch. But Denver's defense has been on the field the entire time. I, I, don't, think, I don't see why people are mad at the defense. They did their job for the most part. Yes, you want them to finish, but it's like, what, do you, what, what else do we expect them to do? Because even if they get a takeaway, it's not like the offense is going to do anything with it. Cody Rourke, My Life Sports Radio with us today on the Team Sports Network. Clint Kubiak is a play caller. Initially, we thought, okay, you know, the moments against the Raiders that the offense looked good and clicked. But right now, the only thing that's improved is Russ, Russ's completion percentage. Everything else, Cody, has either stayed stagnant or gone down with Kubiak as a play caller. Yeah, I mean, they still are having the same issues of not being able to convert on third down. They had several third and short opportunities against the Ravens. They simply couldn't even convert on those attempts there. Um, you know, while I think Russ is, is playing a little bit more decisive, he's accurate with the football, I, I just don't understand the offensive game plan, to be honest with you, Jim, because here's the reality. Denver went with three tight ends more than they went with any of their receiver sets. Corlin Sutton leaves the game with a hamstring. Jerry Judy's on a pitch count. And even though he's on a pitch count, he's still making big-time plays for them, but is not able to play the entire game. He's only able to play in bits and pieces there. Um, you, you have a guy like Jalen Virgil on your roster who several weeks ago, you know, has his first career catch for a touchdown, has, has the explosiveness, the downfield ability as a receiver, and all of a sudden you're not even using him in the offense. He's just used as a decoy if, if he's ever out there on the field. But Denver went away from using wide receivers, and they went with just using tight ends with Dulcich playing some of the wide receiver positions there. I, I don't understand the coaching on the offensive side of the ball. Like, are they, are they at this point kind of conceding, waving the white flag, saying, you know what, we know we stink, we can't do it, so we're just going to come out here and we're going to try to run the football and we're going to pass it here and there. But the idea is that hopefully we can maybe score to get off the field and then hope that our defense can do the rest. I mean, it's just the same game plan. And, and, Jim, to be honest with you, watching this Broncos offense is draining. It is mentally frustrating because they're not even executing things that we see executed well at the basic high school level on offense. And, that, and like I said, I watched a lot of high school football over the week, and I watched the state championships, and there was some ugly football play, but their offensive play was a lot better than what we've seen from Denver. Ooh. Yeah, that's, that's not good when – even as good as like a Cherry Creek is or whatever, Dave Logan, that, uh, yeah, that that's, that's received better offensive execution from a high school football team. And your, your guy's coached and, and watched a lot of football. So I, I, I did, you know, trust your eyes on that and your opinion, my friend. Uh, Cody Rourke, Mile Eye Sports Radio with us today on the Team Sports Network. You know, one of the things has been, well, you know, Russ has got the shoulder problem, the hamstring. I thought he looked about as healthy as he's looked, though, in quite some time in that game against Baltimore. Yeah, and you know what? I thought Russ had some really good throws. Well, I thought the throw to Jerry Judy was beautiful. I thought there was this one play he had downfield to Greg Dulcich. I believe it was like a 22-yard game. He took a shot on the chain from a defender and still delivered a perfect pass to Dulcich. So there's things that we're seeing that Russ is doing. Like, okay, hey, you know what? It started to give me a little bit more confidence. Okay, it's not entirely Russ. Like, Russ has his problems, and he has his own issues that, you know, that he deserves blame for with how things have gone. But Russ still has the ability to be a guy, and I think it's still there, and it's, it's going to be lost. I, I don't think a lot of fans are going to be able to see that with the losing record and just how bad the offense looks, but we see it. There's flashes. That, that Russ that we knew that the Broncos had signed is still in there somewhere. He's got the ability to be there. So I'm, I'm not too opposed. I think that's maybe like a silver lining with how things have gone. It's just the offensive scheme is not very good. The offensive line play has not been very good. Uh, the LX City can't even run the ball. And I think the hiring of Butch Berry just continues to be a very, very sore thumb here for this Broncos team. We're talking with Cody Rourke, My Life Sports Radio, on the Team Sports Network. Uh, one of the, the new theories now, that there's why there's the problems with, with Russ and everything, 
is Jay Keeps, his personal quarterback oh, coach. Have you saw this story <laughs> on on Mile High Huddle that you know he's he's the guy that works with Russ. He's Russ's guy. Played at BYU with Seattle when Russ was there. Uh, Spent some time in the Canadian Football League as well. And, and there's yeah. and he was a radio host out in Seattle before Russ hired him to be his personal quarterback guy. And that and that Heaps is somehow creating some problem for for the Broncos' offensive coaching staff and and their interaction with Russell Wilson. I, I just think once again we're we're just we're just looking for things to to, to to place blame on and and the situation with Jake Heaps is one of those those nitpicky things. Yeah, well, and I can tell you this: that is patently false at this point in time. And, and you know, I, I don't want to bury people, but here's the reality: the people at Mile High Huddle don't even live in Colorado. They're they don't attend practices. They don't do anything. This is all just speculation. And you know, you got to get headlines and clicks somehow. And I, I think the whole thing with Jake Heaps is laughable because anybody who knows Jake Heaps, he is a class act dude, 110 percent all the way. And Russell Wilson is not the only quarterback. There's his own quarterback coach. Tom Brady's got his own personal quarterback coach that he works with in season, out of season. And these guys do not step on each other's toes. And that was something that was laid out as a boundary that was placed when he was signed by the Broncos was the fact that, hey, you know what? We've got a Clint Kubiak who's going to be working as a passing game coordinator, a quarterback coach. Nothing that they do steps on each other's toes. And Heaps does not interfere with Kubiak and his plan. Everything that he does with Russ is on Russ's time. Away from the team facility has nothing to do with anything in Dove Valley. So I just think that you know, people are creating those crazy storms. And, and I do want to encourage Broncos fans. Like, if you want to preserve your, your sanity, stop reading Mile High Huddle. Like, that's, <laughs> there that's you stuff. go. These guys are very, very uninformed. They're, they're not at practice. They're not at games. You know, you have good outlets. You have Mike Kliss, 9 News. You know, I do stuff MileHighSports.com. You have Troy Rank, Denver. There's so many good people out there that can tell you what's going on that's there. They don't have to resort to the clickbait nonsense. Yeah, the, yeah, you're yeah. there. Yeah, you're there unless you're sick, week in and week out. I mean, you're you're you live in Denver, you you know the players, you know the coaching staff. Yeah, Mile High Sports. I mean, you do a fantastic job, Cody, covering the Broncos. Yeah, go to go to sources that you know and you trust on stuff like this. But I saw that I'm going Really? So that now, now Jay Keeps is the problem for the Broncos? Okay. Yeah. This, is, uh, this is where we're at. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I, I want to ask you a couple more questions here. Um, Dalton Reisner named the, the Broncos nominee for the Walter Payton Man of the Year Award, deservedly so. But he was on uh, radio over in Denver, and he seemed a little unhappy the Broncos have not uh, decided not to pick up his option. Uh, give me your thoughts on that about Dalton Reisner. Yeah, you know, obviously, first off, Dalton Reisner is one of the most selfless individuals I've ever come across, and the way that he carries himself, the way that he does things for other people, youth, um, a huge advocate for those with special needs. I mean, he, he is a heart of gold, and he is fantastic. He's a perfect Walter Payton Man of the Year nominee here for Denver. Um, in terms of the football stuff, you know, he hasn't had, I'd say, like the best couple of years in Denver. You know, granted, the offense hasn't either. Um, you know, he's, he's the Colorado kid. He, he, you know, he was drafted by a team he grew up watching and supporting and was able to play and had a really good rookie season and had some ups and some downs his second year. And then the last couple of years, just been kind of a turnstile of really bad offensive line play. And it's not all indicative of Dalton Reisner. Um, you know, the thing is, when you have an offensive line that has deficiencies at multiple positions, you know, everybody looks bad. Nobody's going to look good in that regard there. So I, I think for Denver, for George Payton, they're really evaluating things. Jim, I believe that this offensive line is going to look entirely different going into next season, minus Garrett Bowles, minus Quinn Miners at this point. I think we're going to see a new center, a new left guard, a new right tackle, and I, I think that's going to be a, a folks area. A new old line coach, I think that's going to be something that we see. Um, you know, for Dalton, he's just been a guy, you know, he, he works his tail off. He plays hurt. Like, this is a guy that gets banged up all the time, but he continues to just play and fight through it. Like, he's tough. He's gritty. Um, uh, maybe Denver looks at bringing him back on a, a cheaper, maybe hometown discount. I, I'm not sure at this point in time. Like, Denver hasn't looked at any contract extensions of any players, right? We talked about Draymond Jones being one of those guys. So it's not just Dalton Rice. It's various other players have not heard from the Broncos or, you know, obviously, or from the agent just yet as to what that is. I imagine maybe the last couple of weeks we might see some traction, some movement with a couple of players, but um, I wouldn't imagine anything at this point for the next couple of weeks on the contract side of things. And we'll see. We'll see if uh, if Reisner's in their plans going into next year. 
All right, Cody, Broncos and Chiefs on Sunday. Denver's lost 13 straight. Broncos at home are a nine-point dog. How do you th- how do you see this playing out on Sunday? Well, hard to imagine. It's not going to be 14 straight games for the Chiefs if the offense can't put up any points. I think that the defense has the capabilities of of doing whatever they can. You know, they could have K1 Williams back this week as well inside the nickel. That could be very very huge, especially against Travis Kelsey. Um, the, the Chiefs coming off of a tough loss to the Cincinnati Bengals this past week. Um, for me, it's can the Broncos' defense sustain how long they have to maybe sustain against Mahomes? And and the reality is, as we've seen, Jim, we even saw last year, the defense against the Chiefs was actually pretty dang good. Yeah. But the reality is they couldn't score points, and we saw it, the end results kind of play out the way that they have. And it's hard to imagine that's not going to be the same reality because there hasn't been much of an indication to say, hey, it's going to change. So um, I think the Chiefs obviously win this one. Um, you'd like to see the Broncos be competitive, but at this point, it's a hard ask. Yeah, Cody, continue uh, your road to recovery, my friend. And uh, thanks again for coming on this morning. Make sure you catch him afternoons, Mile High Sports Radio. You can stream that from the Mile High Sports uh, website where you can also read his work as well. Brand new website, too. We we just revamped it, so it should be more user-friendly. It should be uh, easier for you to find where you want to go. All right, a brand new shiny. Has that new website smell uh, with the new Mile High Sports uh, (laughs) website. Cody, appreciate it, man. Take care. Thanks, gentlemen. Appreciate you. Go Tigers. All right. Cody Rourke joining us this morning. And uh, coming up, we'll have, uh, of course, the radio voice of the Avalanche, Connor McGahee. I'll have the the call tonight. Avs, Boston Bruins right here on the team. Let's go ahead and uh, get into our locker room prep pop quiz. Pop quiz. Hot shot. All right. Want a gift card to the locker room out in Fruta. Fruta Monument girls basketball team. They've won six of the last seven Southwestern League titles. Who's the other team that won a league title during that stretch? They kept Fruta from going seven for seven. Give us the school. That's all, all we're looking for is the school. Give us the school that won the Southwestern League title in girls basketball. They kept Fruta from winning seven out of seven. First correct answer today, you get a gift card to the locker room. Stop out there and say hi to our, our friend Brandon out there at uh, the locker room in Fruta. They're located at 404 Jurassic Avenue in Fruta. And so uh, stop by today. Call them 970-639-8900. Looking for uh, for gear for your favorite school or maybe your business. Uh, give them a call today or stop by the locker room in Fruta. All right, 839. Uh, so once again, our prep pop quiz. Pop quiz, hot shot. Fruta Monument girls have won six of the last seven Southwestern League basketball titles. Tell us the team that kept them from going seven for seven. You can uh, please text in your answer. Chick-fil-A breakfast team phone line 970-242-1340. If you've won the last two weeks, please sit it out. It, there's there's not an infinite number of options either. No, there's not. Yeah. No, there's not. All right. Southwestern we, League only has a finite number of teams. All right. So exactly. It's not like it's a it's not like a 20 team league yeah. or something like that. Uh, we'll we'll still try to work it at some point for down territory, but we want to make sure we get to Connor McGahey coming up. So uh, we'll take a break. Other side, we'll talk with the radio voice of the Avs, Connor McGahey. That's next. It's a wine about a Wednesday with Talon Wine. If you got something to complain about today, get off your chest. Don't want a bottle of Talon Wine. Nine seven zero two four two thirteen forty. Well, why don't you cry about it? All right, we'll take a break. We'll come back with more on the Jim Davis Show on the Team Sports Network. Touchdown every morning. <laughs> The Jim Davis Show on Colorado's sports leader, the team. Talking Avalanche with Altitude Sports on the Jim Davis Show. And with us right now, the radio voice of the Avalanche, Connor McGahey. Connor, good morning. How you doing, sir? Fine, Jim. Sorry, Connor, we lost you there for a second. Uh, appreciate you coming on this morning. Uh, let's see. Um, Joe Sackick, he's still in pretty good shape, right? Could could Joe uh, maybe skate a shift or two for the Avalanche? Uh, has there been a call out to Fopa? Uh, I mean, this, right now it's it, it's the boy the the bench is getting thinner and thinner. Nathan McKinnon's not going to be out for four weeks with an upper body injury. Uh, the 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 amount of injuries this team is going through is absolutely insane. Yeah, I'm interested to hear the official word from Jared Bednar today on on McKinnon, and we'll see. We'll know this morning at uh, morning skate, but. Um, yeah, it's it's unlike anything I've really ever seen, but nothing you can do about it. And so it's easy for all of us to sit around and 
and sulk and say, well, how and why? Well, it doesn't matter. And like Bednar said the other day, nobody's going to feel sorry for the Avalanche. They right. had the best season in modern NHL history last year and won the Stanley Cup. So um, from inside the room, there has to be no pity party. This is just a great opportunity for the Alex Newhooks and the JT Compers and, and, and everybody else who maybe was an auxiliary part of that team last year and maybe the start of this year to step up and, and lead the way until, uh, until fresh troops arrive. And the good news there is, uh, Bednar saying on our flagship station yesterday that, that Val's getting close, Bill Byram maybe, uh, Darren Helm is right around the corner. So um, in the spirit of the March Brothers duck soup, help is on the way. Oh, I love it. A, a little Marx Brothers reference this morning. Very, very good, sir. <laughs> All right. Do, do you have the little uh, fake, a little uh, Groucho, uh, looks like electric tape mustache on this morning, by the way, when, when you delivered that line? That would have been perfect. I, I wish I was as witty, witty as Groucho. Yeah. If only I could be as witty as Groucho Marx. Oh, oh, you you and me both, Connor. Uh, if I was half <laughs> as funny as that guy, I'd, I'd I, I, I'd probably I'd, I'd like to think I'd be a very wealthy guy if that was the case, but uh, yeah, me too. Yeah, but uh, you know, as far as you know, like I said, the, the injuries have made it really, really tough. But it does, like you said, it's provided opportunity for a guy like Alex Newhook, who was you know in the doghouse here a while back, and and now they they're really counting on him to to provide you know some some scoring punch for this team and and provide some some ice time as well with all these injuries. You know what's interesting with him is he's been a better road player than than at home. I mean, he hasn't scored on home ice yet this year. All six of his goals have come on the road. And he only had two shots in that game in Philly, and they both ended up being two goals. Um, But I think he knows. And and by the way, if anyone wants to make the argument that visors don't need to be worn in the National Hockey League, um, just look at that that Alex Newhook situation. If, If he's not wearing that visor, that could be a lot worse than a, a swollen cheekbone as, as he got that shot from Kiel McCarr in the left side. The, the visor may have, have saved more than we know, but um, no, for him, um, this is a great opportunity. And sometimes players like that just need situations like this to shine through um, because I can't imagine what it would be like to be not just on the ice, but on a team with, Nathan McKinnon, Miko Rantanen, Kale McCarr, Gabe Landis, Gogbiller. I mean, the list goes on and on of of players that you think and, and know are top echelon in the National Hockey League. And you have to be thinking to yourself, how do I even come close to that? Well, maybe the key is not coming close to that. I, I got great advice years ago that the best thing you can be is yourself. It sounds cheesy, but I think we've all received that at some point. I think that's true for Alex Newhook because – He's not drafted 18th overall for for no reason, and uh, it, it doesn't mean that you have to rocket out of the the gates with with 10 goals in 12 games, or you, you have to have a 30 goal season out to hop. But it's easy for a player like that to get lost in the background. But now he's in the foreground, as you know the the Avalanche don't have five of their top six forwards, and he, he's really the top forward left for them, and. I think he knows that this is an opportunity for him to to show up, and I, I would like to see what the pressure does to him. And I, I think watching him over the past, really even season and a half, and how he's been able to to even grow mentally, this this could be a really good thing for Alex Newhook. Connor McGahee, voice of the Avalanche, joining us on the Jim Davis Show. And if this is an off the wall take, I I understand, and feel free to tell me. I believe the <laughs> Newhook thing is. It's not just good for him. I think it could be good for the entire organization and other guys. Like you may come up to the to the NHL, you may struggle, you may get sat down, but if you take the coaching and you work, you're going to be given another chance. So guys may come up and they may not be gripping like, "Oh man, this is going to be my only shot ever and if I don't perform, then I'm back to the AHL never to see, you know, the chartered planes again." Uh, good take, bad take. You think that might not just help Newhook, but everybody else that's on the Eagles that they may rely on at some point this year. No, I actually couldn't agree more. I think it's a great take. Nicely done. Uh, <laughs> but, don't, don't, uh, don't say that, Connor. Take the that, rest of the week that off, just, Jim. See ya. That just, that just gets him, <laughs> gives him false false confidence, Connor. It does. Sorry. Don't, I, don't. I mean, what I meant to say was, well, I'm not sure about that. Maybe <laughs> there you go. Maybe it's okay. Okay, um, it's, it's actually a pretty good take, to be quite honest. 
<laughs> oh, so good. But no, seriously, because not just out of necessity, but, you know, again, on a roster like that, you're not going to get many opportunities. And this is true for, for all of us in life. You, you have to take advantage of your opportunities. And the key there is not putting so much pressure on yourself, but as we've quoted Bill Murray many times on this program, the more relaxed you are, the better you are at everything. So maybe that's a key for them to come up and, and say, look, we're going to be here for a little bit, but hard work is going to translate into results. And that has really been part of the problem the past week for the ads. And I, I don't necessarily blame them because it's easy to be shell-shocked when you're literally losing players every single bite. And that's what it's been for the Avalanche, is, is they've been down at least one in the Boston scenario, too, uh, because of an unnecessary wrestle to the ground by Casey McAvoy and Arturi Lekkinen and a late hit to the head by A.J. Greer uh, on Jean-Luc Foudy. Um I Don't know exactly how Nathan McKinnon hurt himself, but when you have players like that, uh, and really anybody go out of the lineup, but especially your superstars, it's a shock to your system. So I think with a couple days passing and everyone sort of resetting their attitude and saying, look, this is going to be different than how we were going to do it before, and we're just going to have to grind this out. And grind has to be the operative word. And all those players who are on that uh, on that cable car in between the AHL and the NHL need to realize that, look, Hard work is, is going to keep us not only selfishly in, in the eyesights of, of management, but, but keep this, this team afloat until the, the regular 20-man roster returns. I mean, you only have eight of 19 players dressing tonight who started on opening night. So uh, I, I think that, that work is absolutely the key word uh, for this team to stay in the playoff picture until they get healthy. The good news is that the injuries are now in the month of December, yes. not not in March, and and that's and, yeah, and that's that's the one of the key things here. They they do take on an, a red hot Boston Bruins team. Jim Montgomery, who was at DU, uh, who was with the the Dallas Stars, looks like Montgomery's really panning out as their head coach. Linus Olmark is is playing really well between the pipes. They have the the fourteen and zero record at TD Garden before they lost in that that shootout. To, to Vegas, I mean, it's it sets an NHL record for the longest home streak to start a season at twenty three and one. The top team in the Atlantic. This is a really good Boston Bruins team that comes into uh, the, the it comes into Ball Arena tonight. Yeah, and, and second best special teams, both on the power play and the PK. I mean, they haven't lost versus the Central Division this year, six and zero versus the Central, and I think just one loss overall versus the Western Conference. And so you would expect numbers like that. <clears throat> with a team that has has done what they have done. And uh, I, I think they're a bigger surprise this year than the Devils in the East because I, I think with the uncertainty of Bergeron, um, I, I, everyone watching Linus Olmark playing, and then they remember you know, how he was playing in Boston, and you know he, he, he couldn't stop a thing, I mean, excuse me, in Buffalo, and he couldn't stop a thing when he was with the Sabres. So they're trying to figure out What's going on here? We all know Monty hockey, and it's it's a jolt. It's successful hockey. We've seen that over the years, and uh, it's it's good to be happy for him because of our familiarity with him, and because what he's had to overcome. Uh, I, I love a comeback story, and that's exactly what it is right now for Jim Montgomery. And but for the Boston Bruins, they're just playing the best hockey in the NHL right now, and they're catching the ads at a good time. Um, Colorado as the Avalanche has never been swept in a season uh, series versus the Bruins trying to avoid that. It's only happened actually one time, believe it or not, and that was the inaugural campaign in franchise history that happened as the Quebec Nordiques all the way back in the day. So um, if it happens, so what? I mean, like like we said, the ultimate goal is in the springtime, and uh, they're just going to have to weather uh, another December storm like last year, but when the calendar turned to 2022, the avalanche really turned it on, and I have a feeling that that's exactly what's what the case is going to be this year as well. Is there a chance tonight you could put on the wireless headset and be out there? Uh, maybe you know, maybe oh, no, 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 picking no. up a shift. You, 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 know you want us to win? You want us to win? <laughs> oh, come on! I... You want a defensive liability out there at at fourth line left wing? No, 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 no. no we we need we need the, the McGahee magic uh, on the oh, ice tonight. <laughs> The, the, the magic you would bring 
to, to the Avalanche on the ice tonight? I, I think a draft on ice skates has a better chance of making this team than me. <laughs> Uh, get well, a scrapping line together, McDonald, McGahee, yes, McDermott. See, there we go. The, and now, now I could do that. I let's let's scrap it up. Let's go. I mean, if we, you know, especially against Boston, let's yeah. let it rip. The M and M and M and M boys. Don't count yeah. on me for points. <laughs> Just you know, yeah, a little a little tussle. You get in the boards. You know, get in the corner a little bit. You know. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah That's I, all you can do, really. I'm I'm okay with that. I know my role. Okay, very good. See, you, so you're ready to go. Jared Bednar is ready to put you in tonight. You're ready to go. No, he's not. No, he's not. not. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> he, he's desperate. He's not that desperate. <laughs> he would he would call Joe Sackick first. Say, hey, uh, Joe, can you can you give me uh, what can you give me tonight, Joe? Can you give me a little bit? You know, maybe. Yeah, shift Mark, Mark Rycroft has a better chance yeah. of suiting up tonight. One hundred percent. He got foot on crew too now. Yeah, so you there you go. And, and, John, and John Mitchell and John Lyles. Like, yeah, see, there's. Know, hey, we could. You know the 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 starting five that we could put together for altitude is pretty decent. Yeah, not not, not bad. Not bad. Be pretty good geezer core. They could go out there and uh, <laughs> you know pick up some of the slack. Hey, you well, said that, not me. <laughs> well, that's what people would probably say about. Well, they are younger than me, so we'll put it that way. I probably I probably shouldn't have said that. Don't don't tell them I said that, Connor. Okay. No, they all they all they all listen. Uh, no, they You'll don't. No, they don't. Don't don't lie to okay. me, Connor. Okay. <laughs> I'm Thank sorry. you. That's okay, Connor. Uh, good call. You have a good you know, call tonight. We always appreciate it. Six thirty Avalanche and Bruins tonight on the team with Connor McGahey. Appreciate it, Connor. Anytime. All right. Thank you so much, Connor McGahey. I think Con- the main takeaway from that is my take was pretty good. It was a good take. It yeah. was. I. I just. I just hate to encourage you. I just really do. Well, I mean, I don't know if that's entirely true. You are the <laughs> one that really matters in this town. That was very sarcastic. It was a very sarcastic delivery of that. That's not how I remember it. Well, that's, you remember it how you want to, but I know what reality is, my friend. All right, so we got to get to the text line. Hopefully next hour we'll be able to do that. Uh, let me grab a couple here really quick on this wine about a Wednesday. Uh see. From Steve, what kind of reception do you think the Broncos offense is going to get when they return for a home game? Not very good think it's gonna be very good at all uh let's see we'll get some more of these next hour by the way it is wine about a wednesday with talon wine get your text in today 970-242-1340 coming up next the voice of the csu rams brian roth will join us next on the team sports network